Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the podcast, Super Friends. Five podcast producers from across North America get together to discuss podcasting. I'm Matt Kundal and a very special edition of the show today because we have our very, very first guest ever, Jay Nacholas, who joins us today on the show. Jay, welcome and congratulations on being the first guest on the show. I had no idea I would be your first guest. It, it, is, um, it is incredibly touching. Thank you. So Jay comes to us from, from Coleman Insights and we referenced him a number of times um, in uh, previous episodes, because at Podcast Movement, Jay, I guess you, you kind of got star billing in the whole thing. You get the the big keynote um, with Steve Goldstein from Amplify Media, and it's the new rules of of podcasting, which is a very domineering headline and scary <laughs> and caught everyone's attention. And I, I think was the biggest takeaway from uh, Podcast Movement. And so Jag and I were there, we reported back, and I, I, we, we felt it was really, really important. And it's kind of been the lynch point for the launching point for, for podcasters making a pivot because you came loaded with a lot of data. So um, just to get us started, tell me a little bit about what you do at Coleman Insights, and then tell us a little bit about why you did this study. So my, my title is uh, Vice President and Consultant, um, and so I do projects for um, all kinds of audio brands, right? So the company's been around for over 40 years, um, but we work in uh, the radio industry and then you know, kind of made that natural pivot into podcasting and streaming uh, a few years ago, and I do most of the podcasting work for the company. Um, and so that, that's, that's kind of my, my scope at, at, at Coleman. As far as why we did this, we, we were intentional about uh, what kind of study can we put on at Podcast Movement that will be really actionable for the industry. We were thinking about, you know, what, what are people talking about? What do they need? What kind of guidance can we provide? And we kept coming back to video and this question that, that kept coming up um, as far as uh, how important is it in the space? Um, how important can it be for me? Does every podcast need it? And, you know, what are the steps that I should take if so, um, you know, if it, if it makes sense? And we also, once we really thought about this question that we put very early on in the questionnaire, uh, this how would you define a podcast was a question that we thought was really integral to this whole thing because it was a question that, that to this point really hadn't been asked in most research and we thought was uh, was something that we had to get answered before we even took the further step into asking more questions about video. So we're going to go around the table and have some questions for you about the study. We've all been over the slides and your presentation. I I thought the first thing that was really, really smart, and I think it's a good way to start it off because you did have to talk to people about the video uh, component of their podcast viewing and listening, but you made a very conscious decision not to use the word what podcast did you listen to? 
you use the word consume in order to get people to really open up to say, hey, this could involve YouTube as well. Every research study that we saw was using the word listen. And <laughs> we were very, very intentional about it because we wanted to eliminate any sort of bias towards that. If you're going to ask questions about um, watching, then you can't just come in and say, listen. And so, and we didn't even want to say, although we talked about it, you know, in the beginning, we didn't want to say watch or listen. We just wanted to use something that was generic that encompassed all of it. Recognizing, by the way, you should have seen the conversation. We had debates about this back and forth. <laughs> we know that the word consume and consumption is not the greatest word in the world. And so you, you, if you were a fly on the wall, you'd see us going, you know, thesaurus.com. What, what, what's a different way to say consume? Um, and ultimately, Enjoy. we know it came back. <laughs> right. But ultimately, when we came back to it, it's like, yeah, but it, it says what it is. People understand what it is. And I think it served the purpose for that. Yeah. I and just before, I, just before I just go to Jag, I'll just get you just to do the run through because I know every researcher loves to do this. And that's tell everybody about um, the sample composition. <laughs> so as, as you just pointed out, right, they had to consume a podcast in the past month. So we didn't say listen there or listen and watch. Um, we said, did you consume a podcast? This was a big sample size. This is, you know, very much on the larger size of any uh, study that we do. So a thousand people across the U.S. And we wanted to make sure that it was really broad from an age standpoint. So as young as 15, as old as 64. And then we put those quotas in place for age, gender, and ethnicity, and region based on the population. Jag. So I wanted to come back to something you said a moment ago, Jay, and that is this whole YouTube thing. I feel like in real inside podcast circles, or maybe even some of the OGs in podcasting, they will say, well, it's not a podcast if it's not listenable with an RSS feed and has to meet all these parameters. Something that I think you and Steve did a really good job on in your presentation is saying, yeah, maybe some people on the tech side, on the inside baseball side feel that way. But when we are talking to, I don't want to say listeners, I'll say consumers. When we're talking about consumers who consume podcasts, they don't care if it's an audio RSS feed. They care if it's content. So you can kind of, you know, be, you know, Abe Simpson, old man yelling at cloud all you want on this. <laughs> but. If you want to talk, if you want to fish where the fish are and follow your audience for the way they are consuming media, it's a podcast, even if it's on YouTube. That's how most consumers are looking at it. So we really need to kind of, as an industry, get away from this whole, oh, it has to meet these certain technical criteria. If people are calling it a podcast, just embrace it. You know, if I were to ask consumers if they knew what an RSS feed is. <laughs> I mean, how many do you think would actually know? I'm guessing it's probably pretty minuscule. And, and the point is, you know, this type of research is really lacking in the space. And that was another thing that we thought was really important. There is, there's this weird dichotomy in that podcasting has this great wealth of analytics. Like it's the type of, of, of analytics depth that, uh, that the radio industry would kill for. Sure. And it's right. It's done a really good job in that. But what, what it's lacking is brand research and consumer perceptions. And so I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, but this was another, another bone of contention from some of the OGs in this research was, oh, YouTube is the, the number one podcasting app. No, it's not. It's like, well, <laughs> I, I'm not talking about the number of people. We're not talking about analytics. We're talking about perception. We're talking about what people say is the app that they use the most. And that's an important distinction. 
Um, consumer perceptions and understanding how people perceive the space is crucial for us um, when we're developing strategy. Johnny? Yeah, I, I was looking at the slides and a couple of things that I saw were really interesting. And the one that really jumped out to me was how are you discovering new podcasts? And while YouTube might you know have taken over as the leader from, like you said, from a consumer standpoint as a podcast consumption platform, 54% of people are still discovering new podcasts from friends and family, which leads back to this overall problem that every platform now, including YouTube has is discoverability. And I know there's a slide further on down that says a good chunk of people find that YouTube is a great platform for finding new podcasts. However, it's still tried and true from the research that you did. Maybe this was uh, purposeful. Maybe it wasn't is that word of mouth is still the best way that people find new podcasts, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. I don't know if you had, uh, if you guys thought about that at all from your findings. Yeah, I, I think that, and you're right, that's consistent. Um, almost every research study you see will have friends and family towards the top, although I think you'll start to see the, the um, at some point, video is going to overtake that. Yeah. Uh, but, but that being said, and although we didn't get granular on it, the power of, of social media and how that relates to friends and family, you know, it's not, it's not like just somebody calling up their friend and going, hey, you should check out this podcast there, you know, there, there's a conduit and they're doing it in so many different ways through yeah. social media um, is a, is a big way they're doing it. So yeah, I think it's, it's still very important though. Matt, can I add a follow up onto that? Yeah, sure. So if you're going to, if you were to do this research over again, if you were going to do it again in the future, mm-hmm. when you dig down further into how you're discovering new shows, do you think that it would be beneficial to add specifically into the YouTube aspect? Maybe it's like, if you answered yes to, I use YouTube to find new podcasts. Another question within that would be, are you finding them in the discover page on the sidebar when you're actually watching an episode? Or are you using the shorts aspect? Because shorts are growing like crazy on podcasts or are growing like crazy in terms of how people are marketing their podcasts. I think it would be really interesting to see if people are using shorts to actually go to the channel to consume a podcast to then become an, a new subscriber or a new fan of a show. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, although we did ask about shorts and found out that it is an important discoverability uh, tool for podcasts, you're right. Like there, there are a lot of parts of this. Uh, this was, it, it was kind of meant to be this macro look at the space, um, a very top line type of study. And when you go through it, those are ultimately uh, and inevitably, uh, inevitably, some of the natural follow-up questions we get. Well, did you ask this about, yeah. um, you know, YouTube? And did you ask this about shorts? And the answer is yes. I would love to. I think here we wanted to get a big top-line picture, but then there's space now to kind of do a second wave to go deeper into those, um, you know, those habits. May I jump in, Matt? Oh yeah, uh, Jay. So picking up on what Johnny was talking about, the it's a heck of a lot easier to produce a really great short than it is an entire, you know, 45 <laughs> to six, 60 minute video. So I, I, I get what you're saying. And I know that you can't ask everything in the survey, but when for the bulk of your survey and the things you were studying, I presume when we talk about a podcast on YouTube, we are talking about the entire episode in some fashion. Right. Is that, is that right? Okay. So that begs the larger question, which, and I, Pardon me if I'm opening Pandora, Pandora's box or jumping ahead or something, but he's the attorney. 
<laughs> no, this this is just the the sort of broader question is these these video podcasts. What exactly are they? I, I don't imagine you surveyed that, but I assume you have some sense of it. In other words, it can be anything ranging from the static image of a podcast logo and the audio to a full blown. And what people are asking us, people that hire us to produce their podcasts, is what do I need to do? And we say, well. Whatever's going to allow you to pay the most you can to us to, to create it, that's what it is. But, but so that's, so that's the, I think you get the question. Are, are, are we moving towards full-blown produced videos that, that even appear to be TV shows or something much less? Uh, I'm going to answer the question in two parts. First is, uh, is, I think there's always going to be some subjectivity as to how consumers view a podcast, what they think that it is. And we're going to have to, as, as, we could ask the question a million different ways and try and get at that. Uh, but there's always going to be people that see, um, you know, a video as a podcast. It's not actually a podcast uh, and vice versa. And, and that's okay. That's going to be the consumer perception. We're always having a little bit of confusion. But to your point, I don't think, and I think Steve and I were pretty intentional about saying this. I don't, first of all, think that necessarily every podcast needs to be in video form. I yes. think that every podcast needs to be using it as a marketing tool. But I don't think they all necessarily need to be in video form. And I think it's, it depends on the podcast. It depends on the subject. Uh, and, and there are ways to handle it. Looks, you know, Smartless, for example, is uh, a show that doesn't even have the hosts on YouTube. You know, they mm -hmm. use a, a little graphic that kind of moves around a little bit and you listen to the audio does very well, but, but that's it. Their shorts teasers are phenomenal. Uh, but the actual, you know, you would think that you would see the hosts on, on YouTube, but you don't. And so there, no, you don't necessarily have to put together this, you know, mm. hugely produced production to be on YouTube. I don't think that's the case. And I think that it's different for every podcast. I, I think one thing that's worth mentioning, I wanted to work this in at some point. So full disclosure, Everybody on this call, except for Johnny, has met Jay in person at a podcast movement at some point. So when we were talking about inviting Jay on the podcast on the private call the five of us have, uh, Johnny said, okay, who's, who's Jay? How do you spell his name? Johnny, what happened when you Googled Jay Nackless? <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, um, the first thing that popped up, or a third and fifth in the search rankings, were the shows that you did uh, with Matt and the shows that you did with Jag. <laughs> and they were the YouTube versions of those of those episodes. Ah. It was not Apple, it was not Spotify, it was the YouTube versions. And maybe that's maybe that's because Google owns YouTube, but I found that to be really interesting. Hmm. I think that's probably more than maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I think that's a great point, Johnny. I mean, I, I think that that's when you're thinking about your strategy, recognizing that um, Google uh, owns YouTube and the fact that video uh, tends to do very well on search results. And the fact that, I mean, look, how, how this is going to go for YouTube going forward, I mean, nobody knows. Google doesn't know. But I, I will tell you this, that, that they are more intentional now in their strategy than they've ever been. You know, they, they've made a decision that they're not going to go in on Google Podcasts, so they're going to go all in on YouTube and YouTube Music. And, and whether or not this kind of split strategy with YouTube Music and YouTube is going to work, I don't really know. Um, this whole thing, putting out 80-page manuals for creators for YouTube. <laughs> I don't think that's the best way to go either, but 
I mean, maybe they're going to figure out, maybe they don't, but if they do, they're in an amazing position to, to do well with it. That's for sure. Quick follow-up from my fellow orange man here. Uh, if I appreciate you wearing orange today, by the way, um, if, if for our listeners who are creating podcasts, should they be submitting their RSS feed to YouTube and YouTube music, one or the other, or both? Um, or do we not know, know yet? I don't think that we know yet. Uh, I, I think that we're, I think that that's something that's, that's early on in the process to, to really determine the best strategy there. Um, you know, what are your thoughts so far on that? I, I, so far, I'm, now that our, YouTube has invited you to submit by RSS feed on uh, the last week or so, I've had my clients doing that. Although Matt and I talked about this offline, I had one client that she did not have the option in her YouTube studio to submit uh, at a podcast by RSS feed. She said, create a new podcast or turn a YouTube playlist into a podcast. She didn't have the RSS feed option. So I'm right. checking back daily, waiting for her to get it. So hopefully we can get her podcast up on YouTube. Right. Yeah, and shout out to Sarah Burke, by the way, Women in Media podcast, who is in that camp as well. And I think we just figure that Google is just going to slowly unroll this to whoever they feel like going forward, no matter what country. Jay, if you have any connections with Google and YouTube, you know, let us let us know <laughs> if you have the hookup or anything. Catherine. But, Jay, do you have any insight about talking about the relationship of shorts and then going to the longer video? Do you have any insights about the podcast audience member leaving YouTube and pursuing the podcast elsewhere, because it just seems to me that this is like a YouTube feeding YouTube situation where the YouTube shorts, which YouTube has put just a tremendous amount of focus on they're in my opinion, or most people's opinion, they're trying to compete with TikTok. That's what the whole shorts thing is all about. And I can see people, consumers going to a longer format video still within YouTube. I can't see them leaving YouTube. So this to me seems like a, it's just, we're keeping you as long as we can in this particular app. Do you have any thoughts or insights about that? I mean, we looked at all the different social media and the usage behaviors uh, of, of the different platforms. So it's not just shorts, although you know, we, we were surprised at the um, awareness levels and usage levels of shorts Um they were they were higher than we expected, and you're right. I think I don't I don't have data necessarily in that path of staying within the YouTube universe, but we did see that all the social media, whether you're talking about you know reels, um, if you're talking about TikTok and the other short form ones, I think that they all would show you know a pretty good level of discoverability for new podcasts. So, you know, that's that's a strategy that I would recommend is not just we talk a lot about shorts in this study, mm -hmm. but I think using trailers and using those short term, short form uh, video content on all the platforms is, is a smart decision. Catherine, to answer your question uh, from another perspective, one of the other um, seminars I was at a podcast movement. Yeah, I don't I can't quantify it to your point, but. Yes, YouTube would love for you to stay in their ecosystem, but there is an awareness if you are a avid podcast listener and if you're if you're, you know, if your drug of choice is Spotify or Apple, you may once you discover a podcast on YouTube, there are a significant number of folks who are searching and finding the podcast in their app of choice outside YouTube. Well, and 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 I would also add that, you know, one of the findings in this study is that people aren't tethered to one podcast app, you yeah. know. Three, three quarters are using more than one app to get their podcast. So 
building awareness is such an important, like there's to me in this, in this industry, there's nothing more important than building unaided awareness of podcasts, period. And, you know, you, you guys have seen studies, right? Where it's, it's bananas. When you asked national, you know, people nationally, you asked podcast consumers, tell me, we call it an unaided awareness question. We ask it in almost all strategic perceptual research we do in radio and streaming and podcasts. And the question is always, tell me as many podcasts as you can think of whether or not you consume, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's the question. This is a pure top of mind question. And what you always see in podcasting, and there's nothing like this anywhere else, is Joe Rogan is at around 16% and the next highest is like 3%. Wow. It's crazy. And so there is only one big national brand in podcasting, and that's Joe Rogan, and that's it. And, and by the way, 16% is even that high. So there's, it's kind of two points is, is one is there's still room to grow there. But the bigger point is until we start doing this real brand branding research and strategic research, you're, you're not going to see those top of mind awareness levels go up. And until you see unaided awareness go up, you're not going to see usage go up because in every study you do, unaided awareness is tied to listenership. Always. I'm writing down the keywords unaided awareness because that is going to be a topic I'm going to look into more because it's very catchy and uh, it seems it sums it all up. <laughs> Uh, Jay, I have a question. What, um, I'm convinced, um, Johnny podcasts has finally pushed me over the edge. Fine. Video all the way. Video, love video, love YouTube. We're there. We're we're already there. Uh, but I, for a while, some of us doubters, I I think we're curious as to why you, you need, you, you would want a video streaming platform for your audio podcast. One of the reasons which I'm so genius, I just realized it because it's in your study, is it's free. YouTube is free. Yeah. <laughs> and Spotify right. is not. And uh, I guess Apple Podcast is free, but, but the phone's expensive. Anyway, so it, do you have any sense of like how many people are actually, quote unquote, watching, but not watching? In other words, the, the, the image is secondary. And I'm sorry if that's a close cousin to the first question I asked, but... Do we have, do you have a sense of this? And, and will people go on to be happy? Like, you know, I listen to my podcast on YouTube every once in a while, I'll glance and I'll see what's on the, my screen, but I'm just listening. Yeah, I, I don't, that's a number I don't have off the top of my head. Um, but yes, we did ask that. And oh, you did? there okay. is, yep. Um, the, the way the question is asked is it's like, are you watching, are you actively watching video? Um, or are you minimizing it on your device um, while listening? And, and there's a substantial number of people that do it that way. So they're not just okay. necessarily actively watching the video. And so that's, that's an important um, distinction to understand is that there's a lot of people that are just there on YouTube that like to even have it on the background. Um, and so, you know, that's where audio still really comes into play because a lot of people are using even YouTube for audio. And I'm not talking about YouTube music. I'm talking about, you know, YouTube specifically. And, and the other thing I would say is we really saw that shift take place in the way that people prefer to consume their favorite podcasts, right? As opposed to, you know, when they said they first started consuming their favorite podcast, the number one way was audio only, and now it's mm-hmm. audio and video. So this is about just going to fish where the fish are. If consumers are moving that way, 
and you're not there with them, you know, why, why not give them the option if that's where they're going? Jay, how much would you say that this is, this is in part just for the fact that YouTube is a behemoth, that it is just so large that that's what is driving this whole thing? I think that's the number one thing, you know, mm. although I will tell you that something that really surprised us in this study was when we did those face-off questions and we asked people that were users of both YouTube and Spotify and the people that were users of YouTube and Apple, you know, which one they preferred for certain things. And I, we thought for sure that YouTube was going to lose on those, or at least it was going to be somewhat even because it was our perception that Spotify is a better platform than YouTube. Um, but people that are using both really like YouTube. So I think, um, Catherine, your point is, is absolutely right. It's drawing in people because it's a behemoth, because it's free. Um, but you know what? People find it easy to use and they're finding it easy to discover podcasts uh, and a lot less clunky than I would have given them credit for. But that's what they say. And before we go too far, uh, right now, somebody at Spotify in marketing is getting an email because they're like, uh, David Yaz from the podcast Super Friends thought that Spotify costs money, but you can listen to a podcast for free on Spotify. That is I know, a, but the, the cool stuff the is perception. Is, you got oh, cool to subscribe for the cool stuff. Come the on. The cool stuff? Okay. You don't, the cool you don't stuff subscribe. is not podcast stuff. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. You can listen to podcasts for free. Okay. Point taken. Let me also say to Jay's point about YouTube really going all in on podcasting. One of the, the panels at Podcast Movement in Denver was from the uh, product lead, Google's product lead for YouTube. His name escapes me at the moment. But Steve his, McClendon. Thank you very much. Steve McClendon was his name, and and one of the and one of the things that he said was that YouTube and Google kind of were reacting to the demand for it. They were kind of watching all this podcasting stuff happen. And it wasn't until recently that there was the demand from their consumers to say, Hey, like we want to consume podcasts on YouTube. And it seems like they were kind of, were not, I guess they were late to the party, Jay, but then once they decided, okay, this is what our, our customers and our viewers and consumers want okay, now we're going to give it to them. And then, of course, they rolled out the RSS feed way to add it a couple weeks ago. Right. No, that's exactly, I think that's exactly right. So I have an alarming um, slide, and it's your slide, Jay. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, but it's, 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 the one, it's the one that really sort of, you know, perks up here, and that's... Alarming. Who's, who's got a fire alarm? <laughs> that was me. You That's said alarming. Oh, I'm narrating. I thought we all had to evacuate the podcast. <laughs> no, that'd be podcast movement. That'd be a fire that, alarm. Yeah. Like, like that brings me back to Denver. I'm having nightmares. Yeah. Denver and, and Anaheim and Florida yeah. and Orlando. Didn't yeah. two? Didn't a couple people here meet for the first time in the fire alarm? Jag. It was Johnny and me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. During the Orlando fire alarm. That's good. Thanks to the fire alarm, we're all together now. <laughs> So, so Jay, this is one that scares people. And it's mm -hmm. like, are all your favorite podcasts on YouTube? And of course, everybody who has a podcast, you know, they're someone's favorite podcast. And if you're not on YouTube, it's like, uh-oh. Mm. So yeah. what did you think when you saw this slide? And there's obviously a call to action to take when, when we see this. Uh, yeah, this is, again, the... Steve Goldstein, the line that he used when uh, when we presented this is, is like the lottery. You know, you can't win if you don't play. Mm. And if you have people that are searching for you. So another another point that I'll make from this study is the way that people search for, um, you know, their, their 
favorite, the, the way they're searching for podcasts on YouTube is they're not like, um, they're very intentional about it, they're putting it in the search box and they're putting the name of the podcast, right? So if, if I've, if I've heard your podcast, for example, on a different platform, let's say that I've listened to it on Spotify or, or Apple or, or Pandora or whatever. And now I want to go see if it's on YouTube because as Catherine pointed out, it's a behemoth and I'm just going to YouTube and I type in the name of that podcast and you don't come up. Isn't that a missed opportunity? Mm. I mean, it's a huge missed opportunity. And the other, and the other point to that is why are we not, if we're on an audio first platform and then we are also on YouTube, then why aren't we telling people that we're on YouTube? Because if they're being intentional about it and putting in the name of the podcast, well, put it in their minds, give them the awareness that they're there so they know to search for it. Because that is something where YouTube is not yet, you know, it feels like, you know, when you, I know when you go onto YouTube and you got to, like, trying to find the podcast page, which is this part of it too, we asked about this, most people don't know what's there, right? And so it's, it's a little hard to find. You know, Spotify is... Uh, makes it much easier to find podcasts. Yeah. But, you know, if you go to YouTube, you got to kind of click that, um, you know, compass and you got to go down and you got to find the podcast page. And, you know, Ain't I think that's probably, that. yeah, I mean, I think it's going to get, I think they'll probably make that easier over time. But for right now, I think we have to be very specific and intentional to get people to search for your podcast there. And, and also, you know, the OGs who talk about podcasting, you can find it on Apple, you can find it on Spotify. And you use it here on a phone. And so I had a teacher that I spoke, oh, you really enjoy this podcast with your students. And they said, oh, that's great. Is it on YouTube? Because YouTube is in the classroom. And I don't know if I was a teacher with 20 kids in front of me, how I'm going to get the audio from this phone from Apple into the kids' ears. But to have something visual is, is really, it's just, you know, again, it's YouTube is easy. YouTube is free. YouTube, everybody sort of knows how to work YouTube, which is, I guess, how we got here, right? Right. All right. So then the next thing I'll I'll ask you a little bit is about the cross-pollination of of apps. So I'm like to be on YouTube because I really believe that somebody sees my show on YouTube, they may take it into the car and listen with another another app. But somebody else just mentioned a second ago that it could go the other way where somebody will listen to it on their phone and then want to go to YouTube to see the rest. Mm. So can you talk a little bit about the cross-pollination of apps? And people do use more than one app. Uh, they do. Uh, and, you know, YouTube and Spotify are definitely the big dogs, right? Um, and But ultimately, it's, it is interesting how much it's consolidated. Uh, there are, most people are using multiple apps, and yet there, there's a big three um, hierarchy by, by far. You know, it's YouTube and it's Spotify and it's Apple. And it's great that, that podcasting is this, you know, uh, the, this big space where everyone can, can, um, can go to all these different places to, to get their, their, uh, their podcasts, their favorite podcasts. But the reality is, you know, those are the, those are the big ones. YouTube music is interesting because we were very specific that it was a different app than YouTube. And the fact that that already is showing up in the top 10 uh, in consumption was surprising to us. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. 
Well, here we are a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know you're thinking who doesn't, but ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors, activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. The Podcast Super Friends support Podcasting 2.0. So feel free to send us a boost if you're listening on a newer podcast app. Find the full list at newpodcastapps.com. You mentioned in the study that when you were kind of giving advice to podcasters at the end, you say create content for YouTube because you're competing with all of YouTube, not necessarily other podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I think that that ties into the cross-pollination. You, like, it, you, like you said, it's YouTube, Spotify, and Apple do you think that Spotify and Apple would be able to make up some ground to YouTube by allowing all creators to have video versions of their podcast on those apps? I know Spotify has some spottiness there. Like if you're using Megaphone or Anchor, you can have your video version. And I think it may, even then it may even be regulated to certain creators or is it just, is it insurmountable ground because YouTube has so much other content available that you can, as a consumer, jump from your favorite podcast to a video essay to shorts to something else? Or does Spotify and Apple implementing video allow them to make up some ground? Uh, this is where the branding piece comes in and that top of mind awareness comes in. You know, Spotify can't just offer video and think that consumers are just going to start consuming video on their platform. Consumers think of Spotify as an audio platform. And by the way, they also think of it as a one-way, uh, a one-way engagement platform. In other words, when I'm using Spotify, right, um, I'm, it's just me using Spotify. I'm picking out my daily mix. I'm picking out 
the release radar. I'm picking out this podcast to listen to and putting it in my library. That is a total one-way experience. On YouTube, and we haven't talked about this yet, you can't underestimate the engagement factor on YouTube and the ability to put comments in and the, the, the different level of, um, you know, of subscribing to a podcast on, on YouTube. Those factors on YouTube, I think, are going to be really hard for Spotify or Apple to, um, to overcome. The fact that it's owned by Google, there are just so many factors. And so yeah. for, if, for Spotify to do it, it would somehow, first of all, the functionality would have to be really good. But more importantly, they would have to convince consumers of why consuming podcasts on their platform is, is better. Why should I not do it on YouTube? And you could just imagine how hard of a, a branding yeah, challenge but, that would be. And like you said, it, there's the there's the multi-way engagement with YouTube. Like on YouTube, we're live right now on YouTube. We can engage with commenters right now. People can leave tips. They can give us a $5 super chat for us to answer their question. You can't do that on Apple or Spotify. Shameless. And, and, and <laughs> Or $25. Or $25. So <laughs> or viewers. Or some Bitcoin through Fountain. <laughs> Hypothetically. Yeah, I, 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 all of that is very, is very, very true, um, yeah. and I and I and I think is a is a, a really big benefit uh, to YouTube and the podcasting experience. So Jay, I, I'm hoping this is connected. So by this logic, would it be? Let, let me just this is sort of a thought experiment. By this logic, it would be also behooving us to put out full episodes on X because we can, um, in the same way that. If we're not, if we're un, unleashing ourselves from the, it's if no RSS feed, no podcast, then we should be putting it anywhere that we can have the full length episode available. What are your thoughts there? I, I think any opportunity to, to get your brand, to get your podcast in front of a consumer is a good opportunity. So, I mean, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't, except for the fact of, of time and, and effort, which... Uh, I know is not a small thing, although, uh, you know, there are certainly tools that are coming along that are making that easier to do um, and, and making, you know, wider distribution easier to do. But, you know, to me, we, we have to not, we have to think of this constantly coming back to what I said about unaided awareness. We have to always think about building our brain and not think about it in this agnostic, you know, platform kind of way. It's bigger than that. You know, this is about how can we get our brand in front of as many consumers as possible? And how do we get them to perceive us in a positive way and, and make them want to consume us? That's it. And by the way, podcasting has to do that as an industry, not just its own, you know, your own show. But if we think of it more in that respect, as this is a big branding challenge, then I think we would start to view platforms a little bit differently. And by the way, uh, for some reason, that was the first time I've ever said X like that. And it felt weird. And I don't it's like it. It's kind of weird. I, I almost jumped I in and said I don't know why Twitter. I yeah. did that. I have to go take a shower, honestly. <laughs> I, know. I don't know. I'm warming up to the idea of it. I like, I, I like Twitter X. That's what I've, I'm Ooh, hearing some okay. people say. I will embrace. We yeah. are live on two X channels right now. <laughs> oh, well, two we X. Let's it. just go triple X. <laughs> that's <laughs> hey, a whole different. That's a different deal for Vermont. That's not how big uh, my sweater is. Triple my X. old radio station, ninety-five triple X WXXX, Burlington, Vermont. <laughs> it's also nice. the name of a club on St. Catherine Street in Montreal. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> the ballet. But if if Twitter is if Twitter is X, then what's a tweet now? Is it still a tweet? 
A post. Uh, a post. I think I think Elon and Joe oh, Rogan boring. discussed that yesterday. I think he said just call it a post. Well, but other platforms have posts. All right. I don't want to tell you how to do your business alone, but uh, <laughs> and, and, you're doing it wrong. And you don't listen. You don't listen or watch the post. You consume the post. <laughs> right. Right. Jay, is, are you going to follow this up at all? Because I sort of felt that like after like a like within minutes, you know, when when Steve takes the stage or does something, Steve from Google decides to make changes. A couple weeks later, they release. Oh, you can attach your RSS feed. We will create the videos for you. They come up with a few rules as well. You can't have your programmatic ads in there. It does a little bit of a shift. Um, and I think you even said this on stage. I said, you know, within 10 minutes of us leaving the room, this will all be fairly outdated. And we'll all, it's, I, I can't remember the, the term you used. It's just, it's going to be free flowing and moving and, and so on. So what are your plans to follow up with this? Is it like six months, a year? Do you come back? Are you going to do this again in podcast movement? Are we going to have the, the yearly update? You know, no pressure. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, maybe, Matt, uh, there's no definitive, you know, we haven't. Um, it's funny right now. We're, we're still kind of in that period of, of doing this kind of thing where we're still sharing the results of this. So we haven't even really sat down and thought about that yet. But to your point, I think. This is definitely going to be fluid. We recognize that in a year from now, there is going to be, I think, a need for regular research on this. And sometimes, you know, just as uh, quantitative research will inform qualitative research, where you learn about the what's and then you get deeper into the why's, you know, there, there are going to be opportunities to get more granular on some of the themes and things that and learnings from this study. But then there's also going to be a need to track how things change based on, to your point, how the algorithm changes, how functionality changes, how consumption of platforms changes, for sure. And we've already talked about a few things like, oh, leaving feedback. We've talked about interaction between people. And I know even some podcasters have sort of said, this feels like a bit of a game changer. But I think one of the problems with podcasting has been the inability to have um interactivity with the audience. Yes, Spotify has a little Q&A thing in the background. Yes, you can leave a review on Apple. But that technology of podcasting feels very simple and it doesn't feel like it's moved very much. You download from the RSS feed, you listen, you enjoy. And then YouTube has got all these bells and whistles and likes and comments and activity. It, it feels like I, I, does does podcasting in the RSS form have to change? Um, Whoa. I yeah. I just I listen. You all we've been doing is mad. we've been talking about how, how all the things we can do on YouTube. It sounds exciting, yeah. and I'm looking at podcasting. Well, this has been the same for a long time. Right, right. What do you think? I'm curious about your perspective on that. Yes, I think it does. Um, but I sort of think that the leaders are Apple and Spotify, and unless they do anything, it's not going to really change the way anything we think about downloading podcasts. I enjoyed the Fountain app. I think it's great that we can listen live. I can go in and, and maybe send some Satoshis, and you want to get into a little bit of value for value. I think it's great that, that there's a lot of podcast apps out there that um, I can search geolocal and listen to just the podcasts in Raleigh. I think it's great that, you know, we can have captions and transcriptions. And I, but Apple, unless Apple and Spotify start to do this, it's all for naught. Right. right. It, it becomes this point where podcasting would have to make the decision, Matt, that 
the term goes away and it beca- everything just becomes content. Apple and Spotify have to become YouTube in order to compete with YouTube because if you're going to allow just you know Joe Rogan style podcasts back and forth between speakers, but now we're adding in the f- the function of comments and likes and dislikes. That's still not enough to compete with YouTube in terms of even if that's how you change the RSS feed. That's still not enough to compete with video reactions, political comment, to everything that you see, car reviews, everything that you see on YouTube. It ha- you have to be able to allow all of that if you're going to compete with it. And then it all just becomes then everything just becomes from RSS. It all just becomes it. It is all YouTube. And one of the things, to your point, Johnny, in talking to, I think it was uh, my, my friends at Simplecast, a podcast movement as well, asking, hey, can you get video into RSS feed? The amount, and yes, with data becoming much more easy with, you know, 5G and everything else to, to transfer large data, to get, if, if you keep the RSS feed, the amount of the file size you would need to transmit video as opposed to just audio is going to be is so massive. It's such a game changer. And particularly in other countries where they don't have as much high speed Internet or limited bandwidth like like we do here in the States and Canada, the, it, it would be such an undertaking to get video into the RSS feed. I don't know how that happens, aside from the little bit that Spotify is dealing with it now and Spotify for podcasters, formerly Anchor. Yeah, I mean I, that's 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 a really good point. Um, I didn't think about it that way, but that's a, I mean that's a, that's a huge technical challenge. So another one for the next study. I'm not sure if you touched it in this study, study and that's, um, you know, to to Catherine's point, X and Twitch and Spotify, which does have video, and Apple Podcasts, where you can put a video podcast down the RSS feed. Is that something that you did you think about including those or? this was all going to be YouTube and does next year's include those platforms maybe? Uh, yes, we did include some of those platforms. We did include Twitch in there. I mean, uh, you know, ultimately those levels are fairly low right now, but again, I only expect them to go up over time. And, and particularly if you're trying to reach, you know, with Twitch, if you're trying to reach younger consumers, um, you know, why not, why not be there? And I'm not super familiar with Twitch, but the arguments that I've heard for that versus YouTube is that as as much ground as YouTube has over Spotify and Apple in terms of community building, from what I've heard, Twitch has an even higher level of yeah. that to where if you if we were to once we leave this live stream on YouTube, our our audience has nowhere to go to continue engaging with each other, even if it's just the comment section. But apparently Twitch has an even deeper level of that where they can kind of continue building the community. And ultimately, when you're getting into podcasting, that's what you're trying to build. You're trying to build your thousand true fans, your tribe of people that love consuming your content. And the way that you continue to grow that tribe is allowing them to interact with each other, not just they hear Johnny's voice and now they feel like they're a part of something. Yeah, I I think like a next round uh, of research on this would be really interesting to dive specifically into some of those other platforms and some of the differences, um, you know, between them. I love how we have, uh, we assigned Jay and a, a second version of this study. And, <laughs> yeah, Jay, I'm going to list of things. I, I don't think we have to fund it. We're not able to fund it, but um, yeah. Jay, let me, Jay, let me ask you this. Is there a recommended call to action at the end of a podcast? I know we've all kind of railed against rate and review because that doesn't really do much as far as chart position or anything like that. But if you were to say follow the show on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening right now, based on all this research, do you have any kind of a, maybe not an exact recommendation, but general recommendation as far as 
what you should be asking from your audience to connect with your show as you wrap up each episode? Well, I think at the, I would definitely coming back to what I said earlier, as far as um, I, I don't like the umbrella term um, everywhere you get your podcasts. Right. You know, and I do think uh, that if you're going to mention uh, platforms specifically, YouTube almost never gets mentioned as, as yeah. far as when I'm listening to specifically. And I think we need to be intentional about mentioning YouTube. Uh, and then, but as far as the, the verbiage with subscribe and follow and, and, and all of that, I think that that's, that's less important. I think it's more important to, to let people know where to find you. Would you recommend saying, say YouTube, Apple, Spotify, or just YouTube, or, or, or what are your thoughts on, on what, if you should mention specific platforms? Well, knowing that, that three quarters of them are in those three, then yeah. yes, I would definitely mention those three. Can I push back on that? Of course. I don't want to send people to YouTube to listen to it. They're not going to hear the, my clients ads and that's not going to make their cash register ring. So I'm just going to fold my arms and go home. <laughs> uh, for, for one of my clients, I, I put in the YouTube ads manually and you have to have a strategy because they're going to see some YouTube ads before they see the ads that you put in. There is a box to check that say it's a, you're a sponsored uh, podcast or whatever. But yeah, this maybe is a decent segue since now I have the floor. Uh, uh, so um, I don't know if anyone cares about this as much as I do, but one of the differences that YouTube has to other streaming services is its attitude towards copyrighted material. And we, I've been doing a podcast for three years now, which uses music clips that we then comment on. And I'm not a copyright lawyer, but I do have a law degree and um, very confident that using them in small bursts for the purposes of commentary or criticism or parody is protected under the Copyright Act. But YouTube decides, you know, we, we've been putting these up on Spotify and Apple, of course, and Spotify is doing something very shrewd when they detect copyrighted material. They send you an email saying, are you allowed to use this? You check a box saying, yes, I am. And at least they sort of have themselves covered there and they don't take the material down. I can upload a 10 second video of my son jumping into a pool with an ACDC song playing on it and YouTube will take it down or remove the music. <laughs> and I don't know if it, I don't know if there's a question for Jay or anyone else on the panel, whether you know whether the, YouTube will continue with that stance and will a lot of podcasts get kicked off. Well, let me mine. tell you, I wanted to do my friend Doug a favor the other night and I will just attach his podcast to the RSS feed and upload and create 236 videos of his two-minute podcast. And did I not discover within minutes that there were three uh, copyright infringements that I got noticed on? And I said, this is bad for my channel. Mm -hmm. And I made that disappear so fast. Oops. I don't, I don't have an opinion on the technical side of that, except just to say that it is such a, um, it is a missed opportunity. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a bummer that that's not a bigger opportunity, right? Because music podcasts is such an opportunity for, um, for podcasting in general. And, well, it's, and somewhere along the line, people in th this industry developed this hypersensitivity to no, don't use copyrighted material ever under any circumstances. That's, that's really not what the law says. But if YouTube wants to take it off, I suppose there's not much, if they want to be that hypersensitive about it, there's not much we can do to fight it. I mean, you know. Other than yeah. bring a huge First Amendment case right up to the Supreme Court, me and my music podcast. They don't have any other priorities right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, I guess it's, it's, 
just a, one quick comment to tag back on your your pushback. I'll push back on your pushback of uh, <laughs> mentioning YouTube. If you have a video strategy on YouTube and you build up your subscriber base to where it's a monetized channel, then it does behoove the creator to point them to YouTube because then they can, it's, while it's probably not as much that they would make if they're consuming elsewhere, there is still ad money that can come in. I won't and hold it, my breath that, that the podcast about broadcast is going to be, you know, become something. Subs. I'm just not sure we'll get there, but yes, you're right. You are right. Yeah. The, the, the problem there though is in, in, even if, even if YouTube is starting to ingest RSS feeds, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Jay, but don't you have separate metrics for your YouTube views and your downloads for your for your podcast host? So you're almost splitting the baby because you have to now take take into consideration both numbers to figure how many people are consuming your show. Yeah, I mean, I know that there's there's new tools that they're trying to to make that easier to um, to digest, but it is it, at this point, right? It's it's still very clunky and problematic for sure. You know, I, I would point you to one, 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 I want to give one shout out is they, not just because they sponsored our study, but because they're doing a really good job of it is uh, locked on podcast network, yep. you know, which is a, yep. a low, right. A locally focused sports network um, doing daily YouTube's um, episodes for every one of their teams in all of their cities uh, every That's single really day. Impressive. Yeah. Is, and, is and monetizing. It's crazy because you wouldn't thought, I mean, ESPN, you know, you would think would be the, the company that would have done this, but Locked On comes on and, and essentially is owning this daily podcast market. And they, they've said to all of their hosts, no matter, and, and they're very different, right? Some of their hosts are, you know, come from TV and newspaper and are uh, really seasoned and others are a little bit more like out of the garage, but they're all really good and interesting and they have bought into the fact that they've got to do every single show every day on video period. Yeah. And they've given them the tools to do it and they upload the episode every day and they're done. And to have that much video content on a daily yeah. basis across all those sports, it's, I think it's really impressive. And they're I, I, I agree. And what they've tapped into too, like you said, like you're like, well, why wouldn't people just tune into ESPN? They've tapped into what's so beautiful about podcasting is the niche aspect of right. it. ESPN right. can't dedicate every single show every single day to the Dallas Mavericks. They have to cover the national general appeal to everybody. Especially now uh, they have half a staff. Exactly. They cut, they cut half their staff at ESPN. Yeah. And and versus the locked on po- Dallas podcast, Dallas Mavericks podcast. I'm a su- if I'm a super fan of that team. I can just consume that and get the daily, the daily, you know, kind of injection that I want for that every single day. And for them to be kind of a first mover on that, I think is just, it is really impressive. I had Brian um, on my show and at the more he was talking, the more I thought this was really an attack on local radio that, you know, you only got a four hour block to talk about said sports team, but every single day there was going to be a show where you had enough time to talk about the third line power play or, who's going to be at cornerback this week to cover the receiver who's coming to town and to really go deep on subject matter. So that's right. Every team we've mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast has their own uh, podcast on locked on. So shout out to Carl Weinstein and his team at uh, locked on, because to your point, everybody, they do a great job. There is a dedicated podcast for whichever team you are a diehard of. Locked on Winnipeg jets. Is that a Baltimore? 
but it's a but it's a but it's a legit Jets fan who Absolutely. follows the team and hosts it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the right. Baton Rouge uh, Zydeco hockey team. I I will be looking for their podcast right now. Yeah, I'll be looking for the Fort Worth Panthers lacrosse national team. <laughs> yeah, it could be it, it could be coming. You might want to tell us you when the Saints, Catherine. <laughs> yeah. hey, um, in, in, Catherine, did you have a question? I did. Uh, so first of all, I just Jay, I want to uh, just thank you for the the. The language of the brand, this is a branding issue, that that's how we should be looking at this, because uh, this leads into my next question is, I'm curious, I'm, I'm very positive, but what, what kind of pushback did you receive, to use the word pushback, for the 12th time here? What, what kind <laughs> of um, angry fist feedback did you get, did you get from the very passionate RSS crowd? Yo, geez. <laughs> um, honestly, not a ton. Uh, they... It, it was the, I think a few of the people um, that you would expect to offer pushback on it did offer some pushback. You know, there were a couple, I guess. I'm not Say sure their it. names. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> um, and I can't call them tweets, right? Or posts or whatever. But we saw a few of those back and forth. But honestly, it went away after about a week. Uh, and, and most of the feedback we've gotten from it has been very positive and has been a lot of great questions um, and and discussions and you know what should we do with this and what's next and how should we use it and so overall I've been I I honestly expected more negativity than we ended up getting and I I'm I'm optimistic about the fact that you know this isn't this isn't like some easy prescription this is to get people thinking in different ways right. moving forward well and it's like you said too. Uh, at the at the very top, this is about the consumer. What we're doing is making content for the consumer. We're not making podcasts for the five or six guys and gals that are really diehard RSS feed fans. Uh, they can push back up against the wall of technology and YouTube and Google's all they want. But if I'm a consumer and all I care about is that my favorite podcast is on YouTube, I'm not going to take a side in this fight. I'm just going to go watch my favorite podcast on YouTube. Johnny, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a radio to podcast analogy here, which is. Um, you know, in, in radio, they, there are people that program radio stations that are obsessed with the next meter holder or diary keeper, the people that give radio stations ratings. And so it's like, you're totally focused on how do I game the system? How do I manipulate their behavior? How do I get them to give me ratings rather than how do I build my brain? And, and, and that's what's happening right now in podcasting. Everyone is obsessed with software. Everyone's obsessed with their downloads and their analytics and, and where they listen and, and how many times they listen. And, and they're not thinking about their brand. They're thinking about the numbers. And radio, to its credit, learned a long time ago that brand research and strategic research was really important in the way to build big, iconic, important brands. And overall, Podcasting just hasn't really learned this lesson quite yet. And I think eventually they will, but that's what's going back to the point I made about unaided awareness. That's the, that's what's happening. There's, there's too much focus on the wrong thing. So yeah, I'm uh, seeing, uh, sorry, God, no. go ahead, Johnny. I was going to say, I'm seeing the same thing with some of my clients where, you know, I'll provide these kind of like monthly reports. Hey, here's the breakdown of how many people listened on Apple, how many people listened on Spotify. Here's how many people watched on YouTube, subscribers game. And we, I got to a point with a couple of them where we were just like, 
who cares? Are we making good content? Is this, are, are we doing something for the audience that is listening, regardless of where they're coming from? Is it a high production quality? Are we happy with the episode that we're putting out there? If so, great. Who cares if Spotify dropped 10% and Apple jumped up 4%? That means nothing in the long-term plan of we see ourselves doing this for 15 or 20 more years. How do we reach a point where we are, like you said, a big brand at that point? Right. Why, why, why are the numbers doing what they're doing? What, you know, how engaging is that, is that brand to them? What does it mean to them? Yeah. Um, you know, how important is it to them? And are they remembering it? Is it sticky? That's, yeah. what, that's what we, that's what we need to care about. So I will say that um, when you were on stage, um, I just wanted to show a, a tweet that I, that I did put out. And so you hit, I think this particular slide, which says the seven key findings. Mm-hmm. And this is a picture. This is my tweet that I did. Um, the definition of a podcast has changed. YouTube is the number one app for podcasts. And, but at the top, I said, has anybody checked on Geek News? Who, of course, is one of the OGs. That is Todd Cochran. Yeah. But he, he, he did respond um, down below. And he, uh, he basically said, that's hilarious stuff right there. Now we've got three major that. companies that are number one, yet none of them have um, less than half a percent of podcasts global market share, which, of course, is just a different way of, you know, every, everybody looking at things. But um, I guess I sort of wanted to lead in, into the time that we have now. Can we go do what most people do when they get a research study? When I say most people, I mean the owner of the company, the general manager at a radio station. And that's they turn right to the back of the book and then pull out the executive summary, as it were. Uh-huh. <laughs> Next uh, steps. Sh- yeah. So you're sure. asking for the executive summary, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> Next so, steps, yeah. So this this one these these ones here I think are, are fairly obvious, which is you know the definition of the podcast has changed. YouTube is, is the number one app um, for podcasts, um, and that of course was the slide that you know you got a little bit of of well it's pushback on, um, and I think some of this other stuff here we covered. You know, four out of ten podcast consumers prefer um, audio only, um, and then the multiple platforms. Right. That that. So if I'm watching on YouTube, I'm also using other apps. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one out of four YouTube podcast consumers can't find their favorite podcast there. I think that's eye opening. And, um, you know, shout out to Steve Goldstein. Like you said, you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. And 40 percent of YouTube podcast consumers discover new podcasts on uh, a, new, a new podcast on shorts, which, again, has added to our workload, Jay. <laughs> you're welcome yeah um matt can i jump in for a second one of the points that you put up there and i know you had the slide up early we didn't get a chance to address it but jay and um but jay and steve made this point is that older demographics like number three right there older demographics mm-hmm. are consuming on youtube jay you had pointed this out because it's, it's easy like you it's it, you may mm-hmm. not know how to use apple or spotify but chances are, i mean my parents are 69 and 72 they probably know how to go on you open up a web browser and go to youtube uh, it, it is. I know it's surprising to to most of us uh, seasoned podcast users, but it's so true that that there are so many that see that as friction, but they understand how to use YouTube. I mm-hmm. totally agree with that. This is really like about embracing what is, not what we would like podcasting to be. What is the reality? Um, I did think that the um, best line, and we'll we'll some we'll we'll finish it this way too. By the way, the way um, I think I've got the wrong slide here. Which one did I want? Oh yeah, two more up here. Fix it in post. 
<laughs> I'll fix it in post. Yeah. Um, this is how you finished it. And I, I recall this earlier was with be patient. Res- results may vary. Right. Um, can you speak to that a little bit for people who are, have made it to the end of this particular show and what can you tell them, you know, about, you know, just putting this into your study? Because I think it's really, really important that maybe they think I've got to do this now, but how should they be evaluating what they do going forward? Um, I, so first of all, it's, Figure out the best way for your podcast to be on YouTube. Um, and, and as I pointed out earlier, that, that is going to be different for everybody. But assuming that you put your podcast on YouTube, don't expect today, if you start obsessing over how many views each one gets and every episode gets, and why did this one do so much better? And why did this one have 300 and this one had 3,000 and so on and so forth? You're going to drive yourself crazy. Uh, Right now, it's build the brand, get yourself some awareness, and then figure it out from there. But it's going to take time, and it's going to take YouTube time. Figure out the ways to optimize your podcast in that space uh, and, and, and how you're utilizing it. But don't worry about the numbers right now. Honestly, I know it's, it's easier said than done. I totally get that. But, uh, but as they're making all of those changes, um, just be patient because six months from now, all of the algorithms are going to be different. And, um, and then the usage patterns of consumers are going to be different. All right. Final, final thoughts, anyone? Thank you for taking the time, Jay. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. This, Thank you, Jay. It is we're really helpful to have kind of these insights and we're all far too busy to put the time and to do something as well as you did it. And so we, you know, you've done, you know, You've done the whole industry a lot of good by bringing this to the forefront. So we appreciate that. Outstanding stuff. E- easily the best guest we've ever had on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and as your only guest, uh, a big thank you from me. Thank you. Jay, are you receptive to any additional questions from people who uh, want to know more about this? Always. Of course. All right. So you're okay if I post up your email address? <laughs> by all means. Okay, good. Wow. What about your home address? <laughs> uh, maybe not. <laughs> all right rattle it off for those who are consuming on audio only and not on video matt or jay you want to give your email address ver- verbally oh i'll put it in the show notes perfect if yeah if you want if you want more information about this it's in the show notes of uh, of this episode all right in the YouTube you description just put in the subject line to the email to me go bills thank you thanks for listening to the podcast super friends for a transcript of the show or to connect with the super friends Go to the show notes of this episode or go to soundoff.network. Produced and distributed by the SoundOff Media Company. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The 
podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.